1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 48, 6, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69. Nice. Roll the intro music. Bienvenidos, damas y caballeros, al podcast Nosotros Podemos Hacer Mejor. Bienvenidos de nuevo a la máquina de cuarentena. Me llamo Tomás Martínez. Estoy aquí junto con Daniel Rauschweger a través de Skype. Daniel, ¿cómo te va este miércoles, mi socio? Hey, Thomas, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing well today on this fine Wednesday afternoon. It is Wednesday evening, about 6.05 p.m. Thanks for asking. You know, uh, can't complain. Been kind of busy, but uh, how are you today? You know, Daniel, I'm really good. Uh, I haven't done too much today. I mean, I, I got to my family's radio station today at 5 o'clock to do this podcast, more like 5.30 p.m. I mean, I was just at home. I had breakfast today near 3 p.m. in the afternoon, I, a, a new record for me. Some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, at least I got one of my legs worked out today, my right leg today. Uh, I'm going to go to the dentist tomorrow. So how about that? Got a wow. big appointment tomorrow. Probably the biggest outing that I've had throughout all this quarantine. I'm going to get my teeth checked out tomorrow, Daniel. That's pretty good, Thomas. You know, I, uh, I haven't actually left my house in four days. So, you know, at least one of us is going out and seeing the world and, you know, seeing all of the luxuries that nature has to offer to us uh of course daniel there's nothing like the nature of a dentist's office you know i can't wait to report back from that experience tomorrow morning but listen i know the reason why you're here i know the reason why i'm here today it's to talk about the career of one of the most overrated athletes in the history of sports i'm talking about rod laver Tragic Bronson alert. Tragic Bronson alert. All right, what's up, guys? So We Can Do Better is an amazing podcast that helps you learn about sports in the easiest way possible. You've seen me surprise my co-anger with absurd rants. So please, if you ever want to hear about our lives as sports fans, click the link in our bio on Instagram and Twitter at WCDBpod and use promo code THOMAS to get $20 off your first purchase. Just kidding. We don't have sponsors. Daniel, I'm here for one reason today. You know, I didn't even want to do a podcast today, but I just had to get this off my chest. I am here to talk about the most overrated athlete in the history of sports. Without doubt, it's not even close. There's not even a close second, Daniel. I'm talking about Rod Laver, former Australian tennis player. You know, he's considered a legend in the sport that I've loved for most of my life. Listen, we've talked about him. We talked about him in a very recent episode, actually. We talked about, you know, how we see him at major tennis events. 
going on across the world. You'll see him at the Australian Open, at the French Open, at Wimbledon, at the four majors. You know, you'll see him sitting first row and just enjoying himself. I mean, obviously, you haven't seen that recently because knock, knock, who's there? A global pandemic. But I will tell you this, Daniel, when tennis is back, you know who's going to be reaping all the rewards of not having done anything in the last 50 years? Rod Laver. Yeah, Rod Laver. Rodney George Laver. You know, I I just I can't believe it. I, I mean, this guy's nickname is Rocket. His nickname is Rocket. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh! Wow, he's such a good amateur tennis player. Please give me a break. Give me a break. You know what? I can name you three better tennis players than Rod Laver off the top of my hand right now, and I bet you that they beat him ten out of ten times. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. I'll name three for you right now. Marty Fish, Richard Gasquet, and Gael Monfils. Thomas, that was exactly who I was going to say, too. And none of these guys, Daniel, none of these guys have won a major tournament. Rod Laver, Daniel? Rod Laver? He won 11. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. If he was playing in today's era, you know how many he'd have? Zero. Honestly, Daniel, I don't know if he would have gotten past the fourth round of a major tournament if he played if he played in today's game yeah i mean everybody says michael jordan played against plumbers you want to know who played against plumbers rod labor i mean seriously give me a break thomas i'm looking at a picture of this guy right now ridiculous i wish you could see this picture it's insane how is this guy a professional tennis how did how does everybody love rod labor i don't get it i don't get it Daniel, it makes no sense to me. You said that he's playing it against plumbers. He was playing against the people who would lose against plumbers. I mean, Rod Laver, his big claim to fame, Daniel, of course, is winning four majors in one year. No other man ever has done that in the sport of tennis. You know, of course, Steffi Graf, she did that at the top of her successes. But that doesn't really matter that much to me. I mean, you put out one of Djokovic, Federer, or Nadal on their worst day, I hate guarantee you they're taking out Rod Laver. And listen, Daniel, I might be getting some hate for this take and how strong it is, but it's just, you know, it's this fire that's been burning inside of me. Have I been taking out all the anger and aggression in my life on Rod Laver? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I am. But Daniel, it does not matter because, listen, okay, yeah, he used a wooden racket, sure. They didn't work out as much as they do today. You know, nutrition wasn't as big of a focal point as it is today. I'm sure he wasn't making anything close to the type of money that players make today to support a tennis career. But Daniel, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Rod Laver should have been everybody in that era. 6-0-6-0-6-0. There's nothing around it. And listen, oh my God, you want to come here. With Pancho Gonzalez. You want to come here with Pancho Gonzalez, Daniel? Really? You want to come here with Pancho Gonzalez? And tell me that Pancho Gonzalez would have done anything in today's world? Because, listen, I know that Pancho and Rod Laver had a big rivalry. Of course. I mean, if you're a tennis fan, you know that they had a big rivalry. Daniel, that was a joke. Nobody knows who Pancho Gonzalez is unless you've literally written books about tennis. But that just shows how little competition Rod Laver had in his era of playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Pancho Gonzalez, Ken Rosewall. Are you kidding me? Roy Emerson. Like you said, Thomas, I want to see some bagels. All right. I want to see bagels. Rod Laver isn't Jewish, but bring them out. It doesn't matter when you're playing this kind of competition. 
please to consider this a rivalry is like saying that i don't know prime dwight howard is playing against a really good i don't know kawame brown like please give me a break if stephen a smith was an espn commentator at this time if espn had stephen a smith or if espn was a thing back then oh we'd be all over this guy we'd be all over this guy please overrated overrated of course he's overrated it's rod labor his honors okay ready he's member he's a member of the order of the british empire that's it for for service to tennis please you know what give me an actual tennis award and then we can talk about being such an honorary part of the sport of tennis all right the best thing rod labor has done for tennis is retire i'm gonna say it and daniel that brings me to my main point of today listen rod labor he retired in 1979 a lot of people back then would have said that rod labor is the greatest player of all time i don't even think he's the best australian player of all time daniel Listen, I mentioned Marty Fish. I mentioned Richard Gasquet. I mentioned Gael Monfils. Well, let me mention some Australian players today. Let me mention some Australian players today who I think are better than Rod Laver, Daniel. Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, Nick Cheerios Kyrgios. Somebody who, you know, he's never gotten into the top 10 in the world in today's game. But when you just look at his sheer talent... The guy barely practices, Daniel. Nick Kyrgios, he barely goes to practice. He doesn't even like tennis. But if I asked you, Daniel, Nick Kyrgios in his prime or Rod Laver in his prime, who's going to win? Maybe the guy who could serve 140 miles per hour. Oh, yeah, Thomas. You don't have to tell me twice. You don't have to tell me twice. I mean, listen, Rod Laver, he plays against the same people over and over and over and over again. I mean, talk about never getting better. You're beating the same bad people all the time. Get anybody. I mean, literally get anybody from today's game. And they're going to outserve you. They're going to outplay you. They're going to outvolley you. Rod Laver, please. Lay over, Rod Laver. Lay over. Because your time's done. That's all. That's, that's it. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. The competition of today's game versus back then is remarkable. It is outstanding. I mean... Congratulations for being inducted into the Southern California Tennis Hall of Fame. But I want to see something bigger than that. All right? Southern Southern California Tennis Hall of Fame. Please, that's the first time I've ever heard of it. And if it's the first time I've ever heard of it, then clearly it's not a prestigious enough place to label yourself as one of the best of all time. Oh, Thomas, but, 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 but he won six doubles titles. He won six major doubles titles. Oh, he won three mixed doubles competitions. He won the Davis Cup five times. I don't care. I don't care. I do not care. Listen, guys. Tennis is a sport that when you look back at the history, you can't look at it the same way that you would look at Major League Baseball history, for example. Let me put it to you this way, Daniel. Major League Baseball... They've used, you know, the same equipment, pretty much the same rules. They haven't moved back the fences too much. You know, pitching might be a little bit faster today than it used to be. But when people talk about the greatest players in Major League Baseball, if I were to bring up to you Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, you know, guys from a different era, if I came up to you with those guys and said they were among the best in the history of the sport, I don't think you would contend that fact. The matter of the fact is when you put a wooden tennis racket, and you know what? 
am I going too hard after Rod Laver because, you know, he played with a wooden tennis racket? Is that really his fault? Yes, it is. Absolutely, it's his fault. If I go and, I, you know, I say that he's not that good because he played with a different equipment than the players of today, I'm sorry. That's That sucks to be him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even even earlier on in the in the 1970s, he completely lost his grip on the major tournaments. I mean, he folded. He folded like a piece of copy paper. Easy. Easy. He played in only five Grand Slam tournaments from 1970 to 1972. He only played in five. Only in five. Listen, clearly the drive was not there. Clearly he didn't want it that bad. Because if you want something, you're going to go get it. Okay? That's, that's When it comes down to it, Rod Laver clearly didn't want to be on that upper stage, but we just put him there for some reason. I don't know why. Honestly, I think that the people of tennis were looking to somebody to idolize because I don't think tennis gets a good enough rap. You know what I mean? Tennis is a great sport. You know, I recently got into it the last couple of years, but I think back then people were like, we got to have somebody who's the best that we got right now. Rod Laver. Still not even that good. And Daniel, listen, he was here at a cruxable. You know, he was here at a main moment in tennis history, which, of course, was the beginning of the Open era. When he was an amateur, he was allowed to play in these major tournaments. Of course, he wasn't able to do that again until professional players were allowed to do so in 1968. And sure, you know, he won four majors in a row for the second time in his career in 1969. But what did he do after that? What did he do after that? Daniel, over the next eight years, you want to guess how many major tournaments he played in? And remember, that's 32 maximum tournaments that he could have played in. How many do you think he played in? Uh, 15. Eight! Eight! What? This guy's lazy. He's lazy. He comes here. He sits down, Daniel, and he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to win all of the majors in one year, and then I'm just going to take the next five years off. Two years later, let me win them all again. And then, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to have two good years because that's really what he had. Rod Laver only had two good years of his career. Sure, he won three other majors, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Can you do it for a sustained amount of time? Can you do it like Rafael Nadal does it at the French Open where you win a major on the same surface at the same tournament over the course of almost three decades? Can you do it? Like Roger Federer does it at Wimbledon, you know, winning his first major title there in 2003, winning it there pretty much 15 years later. I just don't see that type of longevity from Rod Laver that would give me the benefit of the doubt, Daniel, to not only compare him with Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic, but to compare him with Ellsworth Vines, Don Budge, Ken Rosewall, Jimmy Connors, Matt Willander, and Andre Agassi. And you know, Thomas, I don't know why Rod Laver decided to play tennis i mean you know he's a shorter guy in a medium build for their your average tennis player and you know what i he was just way too adventurous with his shots right and he really didn't know how to like play and and play competitively to win a bunch of games until later on in his career and you know what that's that's the fault of him that's the fault he just the man didn't know how to play tennis he didn't know how to play tennis come on I mean, when you're looking at a bunch of tennis players, you look at Rafael Nadal, you look at Roger Federer, and you say, these guys know how to play tennis. They got a good swing. They can see the ball coming to them. Rod Laver, 
I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's doing. Is he going to give me a backhand? Is he going to give me a forehand? Is he going to have too wide of a swing? Keep it contained. Rod Laver, learn how to play some tennis. Talk to me then when you can come back and you can swing a racket, buddy. I don't understand, Daniel, why we say that somebody who was an amateur for half of his career is one of the greatest players of all time. And you might come back at me with Thomas. Tennis wasn't even a professional sport for half of his career. Again, that does not matter to me at all. Why is it that a guy, you know, who had maybe a few good years in his career, maybe a couple, maybe maybe a few, why is it that Rod Laver Arena, you know, the the main arena in Australia at the Australian Open is named after him? Why are we creating a new tennis tournament in the year 2017 and calling it the Laver Cup, where it's, you know, between Team Europe and Team World, when there's at least, Daniel, at least 50 other athletes, tennis players, who I would pick before Rod Laver? Why isn't it the Michael Chang Cup? Why isn't it the Guillermo Vilas Cup? Why isn't it the Juan Martin Del Potro Cup? And I understand. I understand he's still an active player. But Daniel, when you watch the U.S. Open, who inspires you more than Juan Martinez? Juan Martin. Than Juan Martin Del Potro hitting a running forehand cross court easy winner. Nobody. And you know who Juan Martin Del Potro does it for? Argentina. He does it for Argentina. That's right. At the end of the day, Daniel, I do not understand. I don't understand it. I don't understand how Rod Laver could go to any major tennis tournament in the world and, you know, be casted as if he's the president of the world. I mean, he gets VIP treatment. He's treated like nobody else. I mean, even John McEnroe, they have him doing color commentary when this is one of the biggest legends of the sport. Here's this guy. Here's Rod Laver, who was an amateur for half of his career, sitting front row at every major tournament. You know how many millions of dollars, Daniel, these major tournaments have lost from giving away free seats to Rod Laver? It's it's a travesty. It's a travesty, and I don't understand it. I hope I never will understand it. And, you know, one day, Daniel, I can't wait. I can't wait for my kids. I can't wait for my kids, you know, when they're older, to be watching maybe the 2034 U.S. Open, and you know who's going to be sitting front row? Marty Fish, Richard Gasquet, and Gaia Monfils. Daniel, take it away. Happy birthday, Angelina Jolie. I need Rod Laver. I don't understand it. (laughs) 